The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group, a global marketing services firm organized to help chief marketing officers in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. Two W2 Group companies, Digital Influence Group and RacePoint Group, are leaders in social media marketing in both the paid and unpaid side. Today, I'll be talking about marketing to East and Western markets with Daniel Thunberg, Vice President of Marketing for Ordetto, the global leader in securing and delivering premium content and digital assets. Prior to his role, he served as Ordetto's Director of Business Development responsible for activities in the Asia-Pacific region. He has held several other positions within the organization, including account, product, and client device management roles. Daniel holds a master's degree in international relations from the University of Amsterdam and a bachelor's degree in political science from the famous Linshopping University in Sweden. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Daniel. All right. Thanks, Larry. It's great to be here. Hey, before we really get started, can you at least let our audience know, Daniel, what Erdetto does on a daily basis, and do they touch our lives in, in, in any ways? Well, that's at least our ambition. I mean, our vision is really to be a part of the Consumers Connected Day. And uh, how we do that is that we're basically managing a lot of the technology that's delivering uh, any kind of media experiences to consumers around the world, whether that be in pay TV or you know distributed video over the internet or what have you. So Erdero um, uh, is from the beginning was really a security company, and uh, we were primarily focusing on securing content. Uh, but over the time, we really become more of a solutions provider where we provide customer care and billing solutions. We provide interactive software for any kind of consumer device, and uh, in addition to the uh, security solutions uh, as well. Um, and uh, my role in this uh, uh, company is really about uh, managing all the marketing programs and campaigns that we're running on a global basis, and uh, anything that runs from uh, market research and customer insights all the way up to uh, PR and media. Oh, wow. Hey, before we go into more of, you know, the actual marketing work you're doing, you know, t- tell us a little bit about Erdetto and your vision of sort of the future of digital content and, you know, and, and how we're going to pay for it and, you know, how it's going to be, you know, sold around the globe and is it going to be different in different markets? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're in a very interesting time right now, and uh, I think we're beginning to see uh, a lot of what's going to happen in the both short-term and long-term future when it comes to uh, content distribution and how we consume content. Um, 
There's a couple of things which are really driving this change, and, and one of them is the, uh, the penetration of broadband, of course, and uh, in addition to that, really, the broadband quality and speed is really one of the key factors that's driving more and more the content consumption uh, over to the uh, Internet. Um, so what we're seeing right now is that consumers, they are really you know, adopting new devices uh, at a very fast speed. And in particular, we can see the increase in, in tablets just in the last 10 months has been spectacular. Um, and this is really driving the consumer to demand the content owners and, and operators to begin to offer multi-platform experiences where I can, you know, if I have a pay TV subscription and I have a digital set-top box at home and a PVR, uh, I really want to be able to take that content and move it to my tablet or my, you know, smartphone or what have you and, and watch that content whenever I want uh, in an environment, you know, that I choose. And uh, I just don't want to be tied to the living room and the TV anymore. So, uh, Operators now around the world are really busy of fulfilling these customer demands, and uh, we've been involved in a number of projects around the world to uh, to do this. Um, and I think, in particular, the tablet has really shown the kind of uh, opportunity because uh, many of the previous initiatives, where you know we've experienced with mobile TV, we were kind of doing. Uh, direct broadcast on mobile phones like they did in Korea, for example. We had in Japan, we had a more terrestrial approach to it. And in the U.S., there's been some experiments with media flow and so forth. But at the end of the day, the screen has been a little bit too small to have a good experience. I think the tablet offer a really good compromise and it delivers a really good, good experience for video. And I think we haven't really had that before. So that will, in my view, really take video on the go. Um, and I think this is one of the key changes we're going to see. The, the other change is really that we're going to see a lot more flexibility in the business models. And I, there's a lot of signs already that the subscription model uh, is really under threat. And the consumers are beginning to question why they need 500 TV channels and, you know, is it really worthwhile to pay $100 per month to get access to all these channels that you never watch? And it all boils down to that uh, what drives pay TV today is really premium sports. That's what most people are willing to pay for. Um, all the other things like movies and, and uh, TV series, etc., you, you can get that through alternative means, and it usually costs a lot less. So that, again, puts a lot of pressure on the broadcasters to reform the business models and you know, be more flexible in the way that the content is offered so, you know, maybe I just want to subscribe to a few number of channels that I really like, and I want to be able to pick those a la carte, or I just want to be able to, you know, consume a particular TV series or whatever on my conditions. And I think the technology to do that is now here, and uh, that's pretty much what, what Edato is involved in to deliver. Um, and uh, in particular, to deliver to multi platform devices, that's really going to be a key priority for the next couple of years. So you're saying, Daniel, that we'll be able to buy really all our content, like I would say here in America, by the drink instead of by the case. So, you know, I can get it when I want, what I want, and, 
you know, really, if I just wake up and say, oh, I forgot to buy that sporting event, I should be able to do it that day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's exactly what the consumer expects to be able to do today. And it's proven that the technology is really here to deliver that kind of experience. And uh, I think the ones who kind of resist this consumer demand, they are really the ones that are going to lose out in the long term. And how about asynchronous? I mean, do you, do you, the technology's got to be there to be able to cut across all my, you know, screens and devices, so I only have to pay once for the content. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, here, here's one of the tricky things. The, the, there are, of course, uh, rights management associated with the content, and the, uh, the content owners, they have to be able to feel confident that there's no potential leaks and so forth when you move content around in the home or between different devices and so forth. And uh, that's exactly uh, what we have achieved, you know, very recently. Before, there was a lot of compatibility issues, uh, different standards, uh, that type of content wouldn't run on that device. Uh, there's still a little bit of those hurdles still there. But I think that as the consumer demand really ramp up, uh, those problems will solve themselves in the interest of the consumer. What role do you think advertising is going to play uh, in the future of content distribution? Well, I think we can already now see that advertising is uh, playing a key role in uh, you know, offering some content for free. Uh, some people would be willing to uh, you know watch a TV series for free even if there's advertising embedded in the uh, in the program and some people may be willing to pay a premium to not have advertising so uh, you can kind of move towards a freemium model where uh, some content are basically free in exchange for some personal information or uh, watching an advertising huh. And it, does, do you think that's going to be different in different markets, or do you think it's we're moving more towards sort of a consistency in in um, how content's going to be, you know, underwritten uh, on a global basis? No, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, regional differences. Actually, uh, the, in some markets, advertising is fairly accepted, and uh, it's at a level where consumers, uh, you know sometimes even enjoy watching advertising because, you know, some of them are funny and uh, and so forth. But in some markets, there's simply too much advertising, so people are thoroughly tired of it and, you know, they really would like to get rid of it. Um, so, you know, I think in those cases, it's, it's probably going to be, you know, a choice for the consumer. But uh, what we I think we're going to see more of is they're going to be more branded shows, um, I think in uh, Asia we have seen some good examples of that in uh, in China, for example. Uh, China's Got Talent show, which was viewed with about 500 million viewers, was 100% uh, sponsored by P&G. And that's been a, a considered to be a huge success from a marketing perspective. And we can see more and more TV series which are kind of fully sponsored by some of the major fast consumer uh, goods brands. So... Uh, uh, I think more sophisticated advertising, if we put it like that, more hidden, maybe more hidden messages and so forth, uh, is going to be a successful model in those markets where advertising is considered to be too much for many consumers. 
How does Erdetto approach, and, and maybe you don't approach this yet, uh, Daniel, how, how do you approach sort of uh, the, the whole social media platforms of sharing content? Um, is that an area that you guys have studied? Uh, you know, for example, I know in China, Tencent is so huge and people want to share shows or this. How are we going to make sure that content is cared for and paid for or underwritten in a world that's moving more rapidly toward a, a sharing, uh, you know, uh, sharing platforms. Yeah, no, I think that that's a trend that we definitely can see as well. And uh, it, it do raises some tricky questions. And uh, it's, you know, from a technical perspective, it's quite challenging to make sure that uh, this content only can be shared with the right people and who are they and so forth. But uh, uh, social media is today, uh, you know, part of everyday life and, uh, you know, some people uh, more or less share everything on their social media sites that they participate in and uh, more and more people are kind of requesting to have that on their televisions. Um, we've done some case studies and uh, R&D on this where we have kind of embedded these functionalities in our interactive software. So, for example, if you watch a particular TV series or whatever, you can send a recommendation to uh, your friend via your, your set-up box or your television, and uh, then that friend will be able to tune into that, that channel, particular program, uh, or if you have recorded programs on your PVR or your computer or, or what have you, uh, you can recommend to your friend and they will then be able to watch that content straight off your, your hard drive in your home, provided you have the associated rights with that. Um, so social media going forward is, is definitely going to play a huge part in this mix. Um, you know, back on the sort of the billing part, just, you know, as we wind up our, our first half of the show, um, you know, it seems to me with five over five billion phones in the world and smartphones and, you know, now the, the um, sort of tablet revolution, people are going to want to buy things immediately wherever they are. I'm assuming that technology is always is totally available now. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we can see, I think Japan is probably the most uh, advanced example of uh, things going mobile in terms of uh, hem commerce. Um, I think, if I'm not incorrect, today already about 20% of all the e-commerce is actually happening on uh, on mobile devices in Japan. And uh, I think with tablets, you know, where you have a slightly bigger screen and it's easier to navigate, you're probably going to see more and more shopping happening on mobile devices, even if that's, you know, within the home or outside the home. And I think that's, you know, the, a huge trend that we're going to see going forward, and especially what we're going to have faster and faster mobile internet connections. Um, 4G is already being rolled out in, in many countries in Europe and Asia at this point in time. And I think it, even here in the U.S. it's, it's uh, being offered by um, some of the large telcos. So absolutely we're moving in that direction. Hey, before we take a break, have you bought your own tablet yet? Do you have an iPad or a different brand? Uh, yeah, I do have an iPad, and I've been playing around with the uh, Samsung Galaxy device as well. And, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, both of them are, are great. And uh, I think both of them can really, you know, show what, what the future can offer in terms of content consumption, not only in terms of video, but, you know, in terms of games, books, magazines, and, and everything. And 
you know, I think we're just in the beginning of this, but the possibilities are endless. Uh, it's such an exciting time. We're going to take a short commercial break right now. Please stand by, and we'll be right back with Daniel Thunberg and more of the conversation on Market Edge. Market Edge will continue in just a moment. Two, one, boost to ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber. And we're here today talking with Daniel Thunberg, Vice President of Marketing for Ghetto. And we're talking about marketing around the globe to different markets as well as the future of digital assets and premium content, delivery, etc. Hey, Daniel, just switching a little bit, a few years ago, I remember Detto decided to split its headquarters between Amsterdam and Beijing. Uh, you know, I think our, our, especially our global marketers would really like to know from you what you have found to be the biggest differences between the Eastern and the Western approaches to marketing? Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, I think, I mean, the Western approach to marketing, we say like the U.S. and uh, Europe uh, pretty much, you know, have the same view on, on how marketing should be done. Uh, 
Um, and I think in particular in the last couple of years, there's you know, a huge debate about how we're actually going to be able to prove that your marketing dollars are giving any return. And uh, you always have to justify to your CFO and board, etc., that uh, all campaigns are yielding the number of leads that you're looking for to fill up the pipeline and, you know, all activities that you do are, you know, trying to maximize the uh, the value of the, of the company and, you know, what you're trying to sell. Um, I think in Asia, marketing as a subject or is, is less developed than it is in, in Europe and, uh, and the U.S. And I think uh, what's happening now is that they... Some of the marketing that's done in in Europe and the U.S. Is simply being copied in one way or the other, but the kind of more deeper thinking and the research behind it is not always there. So um, I I do believe that uh, the Asian markets certainly can learn a bit from uh, from the U.S. And, and Europe in terms of marketing, but we have also to remember that. Asia is very different, you know, from different parts. And uh, I would say that in China, for example, you know, we're lagging behind quite a bit in, in terms of marketing, while markets like Japan, Korea, Hong Kong, Singapore, etc., are super advanced when it comes to, uh, you know, mobile marketing, taking advantage of new technology and uh, so forth. So there's huge regional differences uh, within the Asia-Pacific region. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, a little more specifically about what I might call closed media markets like China, you know, that sort of have, uh, you know, their challenges around free and open, you know, press and media uh, and and how you approach that and maybe a little bit about Ordetto's Media 3.0 strategy. Yeah, so, I mean, China is is not a democracy as we know and uh, that means that you basically have to play according to the rules in in China if you want to be present there and if you want to be successful so uh, I wouldn't say that the closed media is a huge problem for us and uh, I would just say that you know we're really trying to conduct business in China and as long as you're focusing on conducting business and uh, not getting involved in political issues, etc. It's not really a big problem for for any marketeer. So um, I think in in short, uh, Chinese media, when it comes to, I mean, in relation to Edero in particular, um, if you focus on your technology and you know what, what value that can add for the Chinese customers and consumers, etc., you you will not really have any problem with uh, the Chinese uh, media. Um, the media freedom zero is uh, that's our kind of vision for where we think this digital media is going, and it relates a little bit to what I was talking about earlier. That uh, the, the value chain and you know the way content is being distributed is is changing very much from being kind of a vertical model to more of a collaboration model where content doesn't pass on from an operator to consumer. It's going more between consumers and consumers and, uh, you know, sometimes from an operator to consumer and then on from a consumer to another one and so forth. So um, uh, this is something that's being recognized in, in China as well, that there's a need to move towards more advanced uh, business models and, and technology. And uh, there are uh, two different initiatives uh, sponsored by the Chinese 
government. Uh, one of them is called Next Generation Broadcast, and the, next, the other one is called Next Generation Network. And uh, that program is uh, kind of outlining the vision for China being, uh, you know, fairly advanced in terms of uh, uh, digital content distribution by 2015. And uh, our Media 3.0 strategy uh, in China is pretty much a local version to comply with the requirements of those two government initiatives. And uh, you know, we're trying to take a proactive role and uh, really support the local needs. Marketing in China in particular is quite a lot about education. And uh, you have to con you know, continuously educate your customers and uh, government agencies, etc., about what the value of certain things are. And uh, that's really how you get traction in that market. Huh. Hey, uh, sort of a, a related but side question. I, I'd, I'd like you to answer, you know, maybe two different types of questions. One is, you know, in the especially the the Asian markets, and I know they vary differently. Like you're saying, Japan and, and China are very different. But how is how is uh, user generated content viewed from a uh, uh, from a even a distribution perspective. So, uh, for example, you know, is YouTube really catching on, and and how is uh, how is that going to be managed? And secondarily, what does Daniel think about the future of YouTube from a global perspective? Yeah, this is an interesting question, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, okay. So, from a Chinese perspective, uh, YouTube is not allowed in China, so um, they have local versions, uh, one called Yuku, and uh, there's some other like Baidu.com, etc. that have uh, uh, video sites which are extremely similar to uh, YouTube. Um, one thing is that actually user-generated content in China is not very popular. Hmm. Um, it's not considered to have high entertainment value, and uh, people much rather prefer to watch, let's say, TV programs or, you know, professionally made videos, etc., uh, on these uh, uh, platforms. And uh, I think what's, what's interesting in China is that uh, these platforms, you know, they pretty much see themselves as the next generation broadcasters to some extent. They, they see themselves, you know, moving into actually producing their own content, uh, create their own TV series. So they're pretty much developing in a way where they become an alternative to the existing cable operators. And I think that's quite unique because that we haven't really seen in any other part of the world. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you know, an extended question would be, now I know Facebook is allowed in China, uh, you know, and, and right now we're experimenting with a lot of markets in Facebook on distribution of content within Facebook. What's your view on that and its implications for China? Yeah, I think uh, social networking in China is, uh, you know, it's extremely popular, but uh, uh, it's a very fine line to be a social media person in uh, China. You you really have to kind of have the trust and build the trust together with the uh, government and uh, any player that, uh, you know, want to get into to China and this is certainly going to have to, uh, you know, work on this for some time before they can really, you know, begin to develop full-on business models. So the, the issue here is really the kind of, 
local alternatives because there's there's all local alternatives to uh, you know every single popular uh, social media site uh, outside China in in China and uh, the the issue I see is really how are you going to connect those to the rest of the world right but, uh, I think right now unfortunately I I think we tend to see a more Chinese internet developing or a Chinese social media scene developing which is not connected to the rest of the world. And, uh, yeah, this is an issue going forward because I don't think that will really, you know, benefit anyone or be in the spirit of social media in the first place. What's your view? Is is 2011 the year, Daniel, when the Internet and television, let's, let's – you know, not even think about markets right now, China, United States. But is, is 2011 the year that it really truly becomes integrated television and the web, so that there really is no no um, you know border? Yeah, I I mean we we're definitely heading in that direction. Um, I'm not sure that 2011 is going to be the tipping point for uh, connected TVs to go uh, you know uh, mass market. Uh, but in Europe and uh, and the U.S., connected TVs are are you know definitely selling extremely well. And I think uh, you know probably by 2013-14, I do believe that most of the TV sets are actually going to be connected in one way or the other. Um, what I think is one of the most interesting things with um, connected TVs right now is the evolution of uh, mobile internet and 4G. And when we begin to see 4G modems being built into televisions, I think we're going to have some really interesting business models coming out of that. And I can see a lot of innovation happening on on that particular fact. Um, And I think in particular, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, many emerging markets, you know, like India, China, etc., where fixed internet uh, infrastructure is uh, not that good and it's going to be extremely expensive to uh, actually you know, expand it and also to get it up to a quality level where you can have a really good video experience in, in both in standard definition and, and high definition. And uh, in China, for example, there, there has been uh, statements from China Mobile saying that they're going to basically skip 3G and move straight to, to 4G. Uh, which will give them, you know, downstream uh, in the first generation of about 30 megabytes per second, which is more than enough to get a good video experience. And if you begin to build those modems straight into televisions and, you know, other type of devices, um, you're going to open up a completely new world and possibilities for content consumption. And how about costs, uh, Daniel? You know, uh, I'll, I'll show my my audience knows my age here, but when I started my first business, I think I paid five thousand dollars for my Apple computer. Oh my gosh! And we've seen in the last few years a complete pressure downward on the cost of digital devices and and televisions and you know even the laptops, etc. Where where do you what's your observation on the cost of digital devices uh, going forward? No, I think it's going to continue to uh, to drop. Um, in particular, as uh, you know, volumes are rapidly going up. Uh, it's going to push continue to push the prices down, and competition is really stiff. So uh, I I think 
you know, I can't really say the exact percents, but um, at, at least somewhere between 10 and 20 percent per year, I think we're going to see in price decreases on connected devices going forward. Uh, I don't think that's unrealistic. And is Apple going to stay the king for for a while? And and how is their penetration in in China? Oh, they're extremely popular in China. I mean, the Apple store close to where I live in Beijing is always completely packed with people. And uh, you know, uh, iPhones, iPads, and uh, what have you are selling like uh, hotcakes. So uh, they're definitely uh, extremely successful in in China. Um, I think uh, Android is uh, beginning to get some traction as well. We're seeing more and more Android devices uh, coming out. Um, and uh, I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the consumer is going to make their choice. I mean, Apple have their view of the world, and uh, it's, it works great, and it's a fantastic experience. Uh, I don't think anyone can argue with that. And uh, the question is if... Um, uh, Android can deliver a, a similarly good experience and uh, offer the value that the consumer is looking for. Does Nokia come back at all? Um, it's a question mark for me at this point in time. I, I think the uh, Microsoft uh, cooperation is going to require a lot of work from both sides. And, uh, you know, they're lagging behind in this segment. They're still kings in the low-end segment. But, uh, you know, it's not impossible but uh, for me, it's a question mark. Well, Daniel, our time is up. I want to thank you so much for being on Market Edge today. Daniel Thunberg, Vice President of Marketing for Ardetto, the global leader in securing and delivering premium content and digital assets, and a very, very hot company that understands you know, the growth areas on the globe, especially in the Asian markets. Daniel, thanks so much for being on Market Edge. Thanks, Larry. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And thanks, everyone in the audience, for listening to today's conversation. Visit webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time in the United States uh, on Tuesdays to listen to these new episodes on Market Edge. This is Larry Weber. Until next time, bye-bye.